welcome to Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk with your host, C.J. Reynolds. Oh, there it is. And we're live. And so watch this. I'm about to go live on Instagram, too, for no apparent reason. Um, what's, what's up, everybody? It's, uh, it's Sunday Night Teacher Talk, like, all, like usual. Not always. But um, it's su- oh, you're gonna start barking now, aren't you? You had to wait. Like you were asleep. He was asleep with his head under the couch, and now, dude, this is choice. What's he doing? Um, so we are. I'm doing something different tonight. Doing Sunday night teacher talk, like usual on YouTube. I was supposed to have a guest on with me tonight. That did not work out, unfortunately. And so the not so secret wife, nice drop in there. No, he put a ball uh, under my butt. <laughs> sounded weird um and so she is going to be my special guest on this evening and i'm doing this live on instagram also because i don't usually do this on instagram so now i have a lot of different places to look so that's a thing and you talk about not multitasking i don't multitask well really in trouble i don't at swim team meets this week i had to do uh i had to multitask and i had to make some stuff up i think while i was going um so yeah, it's it's this is weird to do this on two different platforms, but let's just go with it. Um, so we're all gross and grimy because we went to the gym together this evening. That's one of our new things, like going to the gym together, because it's way more fun to go to the gym with someone. Because we like to do everything together. Well, you like to go everywhere that I go and do everything that I do. So <laughs> that's like a thing. So, um, Mr. Matera, what's up, man? Imir, Tracy Pinter's on there. Um, Tracy Pinter oh. knows members of Pearl Jam. Uh, if I told you that? Seven, uh, about a thousand times. Seven, I was going to say 17 times, but all right. Uh, Kyle's on there. So Lauren Love is saying that she can't multitask either, and I'm terrible at that. Senior S, what's going on, man? Um, meeting friends for dinner at Universal City Walk. Nice. That's actually a pretty great place to go. Um, you look at this one. I'll look at this one. Uh, my girl Reese is on here, Woodland teacher, or creature teacher, Woodland creature, that is right, creature teacher. Uh, hey, you did make it on time. Um, so, as I'm, I'm just like waiting for people to, to kind of jump on here. Uh, tonight, let's go ahead. Like, So the idea here, like for folks that are on Instagram, because I never have this on Instagram, is what I do is a live feed every Sunday night to kind of like try and help folks with their stuff like getting ready for monday morning right this is the idea was to just help people out like as much as possible and to try and be a resource that i wish existed when i started doing this stuff so um and when i started teaching none of this stuff existed there was like books that you could read but that was such an investment and if you were looking for the answer for one question like have someone be able to direct you a little bit would have just been really helpful but um, so that's what we're doing here tonight. So, uh, and you, one of the things I think is really funny is like that. I feel like you've learned how to answer things. Like you could answer so many, not all of them maybe, but like a lot I of could. questions. I could, yeah. Where you're, like sometimes, like if I get a question email, I'm like, what do you think I would say to that? And then I I'm always impressed. My hair is messy. I'm sorry. Oh, my, look at my hair. Look at my hat. It's grimy. I sweat. I know I sweat. Good thing this isn't. You can't smell Someone anything. Someone said I was streaming early this week. Um, no, 5 p.m., right? We're on, on time. Um, 
So if you have a question, if you're wondering about something, uh, let me know. And I'm also wondering, is anyone, um, what are you doing to get ready to go back? So look. Or did anyone start yet? People have probably started already. And the people that have not started do not want to talk about it. I think I saw some people say. But you're on here. So maybe you do. What's that? Some people start tomorrow like monday oh really yeah oh snap so we had i made a video i put up this week about um what does it look like for um on my very first day back to school and so i made that video and i got a really great response to it but i'm wondering like what does it look like you're prepping to go back to school what did mr matera say um, what are you go? What are you what going, are you going to, to do, do the first, first day, day back? back? Well, actually, I, I made a whole video about that. That's fairly interesting. My my whole take, right, to break it down is like, I just I'm not interested in rules or procedures, and I'm not saying those are a bad thing. I, you know, one of my overwhelming themes I think on on YouTube is there's a hundred different ways to do the same thing, right? Like everyone, it depends on your personality and who you are and being authentic instead of trying to be something that you're not. Me authentically is like talking about how excited I am for the year and not so much what, um, what I'm nervous about or like trying to give out a bunch of rules or regulations or a syllabus or something like that. I just like getting kids excited about it. Cause you know, I teach at all boys school, especially nobody friggin' wants to come back the first day of school. They're just like not having it. Um, hey, thanks for keeping and looking at the uh, questions there while I'm not really paying attention. Um, what's that? Uh, my lovely middle. What's it like being a spouse to a teacher? What's it like? Don't say anything bad either. Mildly annoying. I mean, in all honesty. Is that like, just your answer for being a spouse? <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I love being a spouse. I would say, in all honesty, it's just never done. The job is never done. Um, nope. And when you have, I think when you're married to someone like CJ, who like really, really, really loves his kids, it's, you know, it comes home with them at night sometimes. And that's the hardest part is like, like what? What comes home with me? Like, well, so how, like how could that affect our evening? I think when you—that's a good point. When you've had it, when you've had like kids not listening all day and really stressful with kids, like behavior-wise, I think that comes home and it drains you so much. I think it's hard to then be patient for our own kids, um, and that's that's a really difficult point. Um, and then there's just always something to do on the weekends. You bring that job comes home with you. I think like no other teaching comes home with you on the weekend. So you have to prepare for the week as much as even though you try not to. And I don't think that you, you do a really good job at that. Now, (laughs) not so much uh, in uh, in the first few years of teaching, but I think that it still comes home with you and there's still, you still have to like do stuff to prepare for your week. Yeah. And that's the hardest Even part. If it's I don't just, think other, other jobs do that. Like you don't bring home as much. I, I think so. It used to be I had to do a bunch of stuff to get ready for the week. I think now it's more like thinking about, like I have to like envision my week. Like I have to play it out of my head. Yeah, but regardless, it takes it. time away sure, from Sure, but that's, that's what I'm saying. Time. Like, but you're right. Like it's, yeah. and so even though I've gotten away from planning, I'm still in kind of that. Like I'm in that aspect of it. Um, so there's a ton of stuff up here. And I 
I can't. I Dude, can't, it's I can't, I can't look at everything. Me, another person. Put the dog in charge of it. The dog is sitting right under our feet right now, he really trying to hand wants us me toys to throw his favorite um, toy. No, I'm gonna do my job and actually, you're gonna do your job, and then I'll let you know when you're. Uh, yeah. you, you let me know when there's a question. So um, this is what I really look like on the side the whole. Jasmine time. Hill saying totally fangirling, but caffeinated classroom is in the chat. Yeah. Uh, I'm going so. I'm gonna try this guy's name again. Bro, I got your name last time. I think I can do it again. Are you going in order? Well, you do a good job. You I'd go like to order. go in order. All right, you go ahead and go in order. What's the hey. question? Senior S, um, Spanish spot is saying, how long until school starts in West Philly? He starts like a week out from labor day but school doesn't start for us until after labor day so like i don't know what that is first week second week of september something like that yeah it's like the eighth yeah. usually yeah. this so, year our kids go back our own personal children the i one, think they yeah. go back like the fourth a little bit earlier yeah which means we might i might get like a day or two to which just means you're prep. gonna lose your personal time at the end of the year that you usually have, like you're off earlier than yes. our kids are and you'll lose that. Yes. This year. Where I usually go do things that I want to do that no one else is interested in doing, like going to, uh, what do I do? Like I went to like Mark, not Mark Twain's house. I do want to go there. Like I just go do fun stuff that no one else wants to do when they're with me. So what do you got? Oh, oh sorry. I was talking. See what oh, happens when I am no. on here? Multitasking, dude. Uh, it's terrible. You may just pick one. Look on Instagram. Uh, oh, okay. I'll look on Instagram. Sorry, this is like a, this is like a. This is new. We're just flying. No, figuring out. Today. All these people are waving at us on Instagram. How many years have you been teaching? Have you always taught high school? So I've been teaching. This will be my thirteenth year. I have always taught high school, and that was. Um, a conscious decision. Like I, so I student taught 11th grade and I loved it because it's like higher level conversations and like teaching honors kids was like really wonderful. But my jam has really become teaching ninth grade and teaching the most struggling students that are coming into high school. And I think the reason for that for me is when I taught in, I used to teach in Camden, New Jersey in a large, um, part of the population that came to the school were kids that spoke English as a second language. And if somebody could not speak or read English freshman year, I felt like I could do something with that. If someone was graduating or if I got them senior year and they couldn't speak or read English, it was like, I'm not saying you couldn't do anything to help, but the window was so much smaller. And my jam has always been just because you're my student freshman year doesn't mean that like the end of freshman year, I just, you just go away. I'm going to keep following up with you and I want to keep being a resource for you. So that was why I wanted ninth grade more than anything. Um, but I could honestly see myself teaching anything. Like I, part of me oh. loves elementary school and I think it would be really great. So that would be cool. Is your mom on there? Yeah, she is. I just saw it. All the way uh -huh. from New Mexico. Clovis, New Mexico. Um, that's my mother-in-law. We call her Sylv. I call herself. I don't think anybody else does. Uh, CCT is saying, do you ever help him set up his classroom? Let me tell that story. 
What's the one story? Well, we you're the storyteller. So, all right, you're right. But no, you tell good stories. I don't. Um, I just have to correct you. I take we take the kids in, and they, <laughs> and they, and they help. Um, and for used to like wash the all the desks for dad. It was very cute. Um, I I help a little bit in like just when there's new stuff or coming up with ideas or creative thinking during the summer. That's What's one of the things that we? So answer two questions for me. One, what's one of the things that we argue about every year that you try to tell me to do something and I go, dude, you can't do it? Because uh, I always just look at things in a design perspective for a room. And I, my suggestions always end up, um, I always suggest to put things like balanced, like even in, on a wall, like with enough space at the top and the bottom. And that always ends up interfering because he's like, no, I can't put them down below because kids are going to touch them. Everything in my room is above Pretty much everything in my room, if you look at any of my videos, is above backpack uh, destruction level, right? So if somebody starts play fighting and their backpack hits the wall, it messes up your poster, it messes up your bulletin board. Um, I think all bulletin boards in hallways should be above backpack level. So they should be at least shoulder level with most students because otherwise this gets destroyed. And I agree because when I go into your hallways in school, like in the middle of the school here, all everything that's backpack level is like all ripped Look or missing pieces. Awesome or like board I did last year. And there was a totally. fight that day and someone threw somebody else into my bulletin board and my dinosaur got a big dent in it and was like, come on, dude. Um, someone said, here, I'm not good with names sure. either. One's in the family, I oh, think. I'll put me on blast. <laughs> Um, it's Israel, Israel Garcia. That's easy oh, to say. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing to prepare for the new school year? So I have a bunch of ideas this year. I'm, I'm teaching new books. Um, so I think I'm teaching Othello this year instead of Merchant of Venice. And I think I'm teaching Speak this year instead of Fahrenheit 451. I love Fahrenheit 451, but I, I just can't, even though I sell it with all my heart, the students just don't really like it. Um, so I think that might get pushed to honors classes or 10th grade. And then I'm going to read speak because I think that is really relevant right now. It has to, out of being at an all boys school, I really like having the idea of having like a female protagonist in a book and it's about rape culture in the United States. And so there's a lot of interesting stuff in there <clears throat> to, I think, intrigue the kids while we're reading and stuff. So um, so they, what am I thinking of? And then I have some new like room ideas, like stuff I want to do in my room this year. And I wish I don't even remember what those were. I have like new quotes I'm putting on the wall. Uh, and then I don't know. Then we usually go, last year we started going to flea markets and which in the U S like if you're not in the U S flea market, I, I don't know if they use the same term. It's like an outdoor market that Antique shopping. Yeah, people sell their old crap at. And so last year we went and found all kinds of fun stuff. And you just start looking at weird things and thinking like, oh, that would be really fun in the classroom. And that would be really cool in the classroom. And then I bought a stuffed rat at Ikea just because I think it's going to come in. And <laughs> our daughter jokes. that our daughter now sleeps with. Our daughter sleeps with a stuffed rat. <laughs> I want to say it's cute. Not really cute. Uh, and then more than anything, I think I'm trying to get my, my head in the best place possible. So something I've not talked about is I signed up for a triathlon in New Jersey in Wildwood, New Jersey at the end of August. 
I have not ridden a bike since I got a driver's license and I can only swim to save my life. But I've been training every morning. Don't let, dude, this look like you're backing me. Oh, I'm 100% back you. I just laugh at like how you preface it like with I haven't ridden a bike and I haven't sweat. You live in New Jersey. The only reason you ride a bike after you're 18 is because you have a DUI. So they, all right, real rap. Um, so we do, uh, we're doing, so I'm doing this triathlon. So I've been like exercising a lot, like getting up early in the morning at five 30 and going swimming and going bike riding and stuff like that. So it's been a lot and that's how I think that's going to help me more than anything else starting the school year. Jasmine Hill is asking, I'm a new teacher. So I'm developing lesson plans. How do you learn to pace your units? I, so um, one of my favorite things that Seth Godin talks about is a ship date. And so I have a ship date for all of my lessons. All lessons cannot last longer than five weeks, no matter what. Um, and so I then, the way that I break that down is, I learned this from my great friend, uh, Randy Rebuy, who has a new book out, which is awesome. You should check it out on Amazon. And, and what's it's, called? Oh, see, I couldn't remember off the top of my head because I can't multitask. After the shop drops. Dude, awesome. Your kids will love it. Um, so actually, I feel like I want to give one of those away, but not this second. I'm, I am before we've done here. I'm going to figure something out. Think of a re- way that we can give okay. them away. Um, so they, what was I talking about? Dude, what is wrong with me? Seriously, I'm getting older and I can't remember things. Oh, so real quick, how I plan lessons. I take a calendar and just print them out from the internet. And then I write on the calendar all the days that we have like a speaker or an event at school or a holiday or days off for something or election day or whatever. So I can see what days I cannot teach on. And then I just take my five week lesson plan and I start figuring out like how many pages do I want to read a day? And then where are those going to fall? When am I going to do vocab words? So I introduce vocab words every single Monday. Um, Monday we do a journal entry and then we learn, we like we read mainly that day. Tuesday, I introduce some new topic or point of instruction, something I want to, to learn that week. And then Wednesday's independent reading day. Thursday, we go over whatever we did on Tuesday and, ref- and figure out how that fits into the book. And then Friday, there's like a short quiz on whatever we learned on Tuesday and on the vocab words. And so that's pretty much like how my week runs out. And then I just make sure that I, I can finish. Like word that I do it. Um, Woodland Creature Teacher, which is one of my favorite names. And I say that all the time, but is saying many questions. That's what should, question. oh, my question. She has, it looks like, one, but anyway, uh, what should my sub do while I'm away? Uh, that's a good question. I usually start the year with a lot of team building, but I can't miss that. Uh, I'm stuck with how to start. So I, so first of all, what, um, what grade do you teach? Cause that would help also. I feel like subs that have elementary school teachers, like maybe if you teach elementary, you could like shout out in the comment section and like let people know like what is something that you're doing on like when your kids are like when you're when you are out and you have to have a sub, right? Cause I feel like that's a much bigger undertaking for senior or for my guys, for freshmen, 
I usually just have them either read their independent reading books or I leave a really, really easy self-explanatory assignment that they're reading whatever book we're reading in class and then they are working on like comprehension questions or some kind of like annotating skill or something like that, like summary and annotation skill. I don't ever want anyone to have to teach my students that are in high school. I don't ever want them to have to discipline or do more. I want them to just be a presence in the room and I want my boys to get work done and that's it. And so I make it super simple, but I also am not, I don't like being out very much. So I don't, so it's tricky. Uh, Kimberly Wallback is saying, what do you think about Pinterest for classroom ideas? Dude, I take tons of stuff from Pinterest. I have a real rapid Reynolds, not very well thought out Pinterest account that you can find in any of my videos. It's in the links for all of them and probably right on the top of the channel. So we, but I think, I think one of the things, I think this is interesting, Kimberly, let me talk about this for a second. I think it's interesting to look at other people's classrooms. Something I like looking at even more though is creative spaces that people use. So some of my all time favorites are like Casey Neistat studio, um, Oliver Jeffers studio, who is a children's book author, Mac Primo's, um, like creative space that he has in Brooklyn. There's still really pretty one with like rainbow, like. Oh, happy day. No. Is it on here? Is it like on the computer? Like is your screen? Oh, oh, I don't even know who that oh, is. Okay. Yeah. It's beautiful. Um, who else? Adam Savage, who used to be on Mythbusters. Like, so here's what I try and do. My room does not have to be educational. I've gotten away from that a long time ago. I don't want rules on my wall at all. And some schools need that. And some teachers need that, especially if they're younger. But like, I don't feel like I need it. Um, I don't have anything on my wall that like, from like, tells you what a noun is or has commonly misspelled words. Uh, my school gave me a bunch of posters for that last year. I didn't like the way that they looked, so I didn't put them up. And I, I want kids to come in and feel welcome. I want them to feel like when you walk into some, and this is, Vivette said this the other week on the uh, teacher talk that we did about kids in prison. I want someone to walk into my room and feel like the way I want them to walk into my living room and feel, which is at home, comfortable, and like they can get to work and do stuff. And it's like a place they want to be. And that's what I love. So I love weird stuff. Like if I could afford it, I would have super weird stuff in my room. Like I would have a loft in my room, so, okay. like a deck and a tree Amanda house. teaches says that Pinterest is awesome, but kind of unrealistic to be honest. Pinterest classrooms are usually very expensive. I'm trying to create a Pinterest classroom this year cheaply, though. I, I think that that's true. I think that I think you can learn to do it on the cheap. So the only thing that I can equate this to is birthday parties. I love birthday parties. I love like there's some crazy stuff online when you Google like whatever your theme is, because I always do a theme and whatever the theme is, there's crazy stuff. But what I've really learned to do, um, because I'm not rich and I don't have like an endless budget. We're rich I, in love. Uh, we are <laughs> for sure. Um, okay. This is, this is what I deal with all the time just to let you all know. 
Um, but so what I do is I pick like, there's certain things like you, you pick things that are big, you know, not necessarily expensive, but that take up a lot of space or when you're designing something, don't like try and take your few things and spread them all out, like make them clearer, like, and, and like pick a concentrated area. And I do that for birthday parties and, and things like that for designing. I think you can get away with making a, a Pinterest style room. Um, and I would imagine for teachers, it's something that you have to build on every year. It's not something that just comes your first year, unless you just have a lot of money. And that's but, cool too. But So that's an interesting point because I think that though, like going to like, um, like a late shore learning or something like that one for high school teachers, they don't have anything in there no. for us. And so that's, it was awful. Do you remember the first time that we, when you got your first classroom and we like went to Lake Shore yeah. learning and we tried so to, we were like, too, right? we were like, Oh, go in the teacher's stuff. It was like, there's a bunch of crayons with arms and legs running. And it was <laughs> like, it just not for me. Yeah. And so I think one of the things that's been really great, and I say we, because we work on this stuff together. Like yeah. it's been cool to do like, um, like, I like the idea of making something from nothing. I like the idea of like, like we always say we dream on a budget. Um, but being able to figure out cool things to make or do or have in your classroom that are on the cheap is super fun to me. And I, I enjoy that. And so my room now, um, I, I yeah. really have benefited from not having to move very much stuff around in my classroom. What's that? Senior S says, my biggest tip for designing a classroom on the cheap is making your own stuff. It's easy uh, to find paid resources online, such as TPT, um, but it's just cheaper to make things yourself. Yeah. I, I agree. And that's what I do for like, I take an idea and I think, how can I do that? And how can I make it my own? And I'm talking about birthday parties, not school. I, I think if I had the no, the, the wherewithal to make it happen, I think the multi-million dollar company we could create is a teacher store for high school oh, from for middle sure. school to high school or to just a different demographic of teachers yes um uh rup or roop sarkar sorry if you watch this you know that i'm terrible with names um uh will you have a teaching assistant this year so i don't so i this looks like a couple of things that's a good question Every year, one of my favorite things that we started doing in my school, uh, my principal came up before he was even the principal, had this idea when he was a teacher to have certain students apply to be your teaching assistant. So instead of going to study hall, I might have someone come in and I have applications. I have McDonald's applications from the Philippines, which is interesting. And I have them fill it out. And then I have a coloring page on the back and they have to fill out the coloring page. And the idea there is I want to just see like, how neat do you write? How serious do you take this? When you hand it back in, is it all crumpled up and looks like crap, like it was in your pocket and went through the wash or does it look nice? How did you do the coloring thing in the back? Did it look nice? Did you, you know, like, what, what did that look like? What's your attention to detail look like? And then the students become our teaching assistants. And I like that because it gives me, Someone that like, if I forgot copies, if I ran out of something, if I need staples, if I need something stapled, if I need something. Joe's University here in Philadelphia and I have teachers that come in and, or there's students in college to be teachers that come in and help me 
once or twice a week and like watch how I teach. They help me out with stuff. They do small groups and stuff like that. So um, that's what teaching assistants kind of look like. Um, and then I got my man Stu in there. Uh, Stu's like a, like a para and he comes in to several classes a day. And he's my homie. Um, Jacob Compton is saying, Hey folks, I'm a recent graduate, uh, hoping to find my first English teaching position. Although I have no clue whether or not I'll have the job this year. What are some of the ways to begin to prepare? Um, Jacob, I would say, what are some ways that I would prepare for English teaching position? Uh, I'm just trying to think, I'm trying to think of like some great practical dog farted. <laughs> We're going, we're, we're, this is uh, we're making YouTube gold right now. So Jacob, I would say one, even though you just got off college and are tired of doing this, I would, um, really interview with him. Um, not quite a year ago that you can find on my YouTube channel also. And he's fascinating and he's like the greatest teacher I've ever seen in my life. And so if you just Google Rafe Esquith, you'll find all kinds of great stuff about him. And so then I would say, I would start looking at, I would first, I, first of all, I put myself in close proximity to young people, whatever the grade is you're hoping to teach as often as possible. Maybe you're an assistant coach on a basketball team or you help out like at your church running like the kids program. And that those aren't going to necessarily teach you like teaching skills, but it just gets you used to like being around young people. And then I would actually reach out to some teachers that you either liked growing up or people that you like start finding yourself around other professionals. Maybe you can volunteer at a high school. Maybe like I've had folks from college, like email me and they have come in um, like every so often, maybe it's a one-time thing, maybe it's a multiple time thing where they just come in and they like help out in school. They help me organize stuff. They go on class trip with us, whatever. But what they're trying to do is like be around that teaching community and just start picking stuff up and just getting used to being around students. That's the biggest missing component in college is that you're like learning to swim by sitting in a classroom and not by getting in the water. And I think that, um, the more you can do that, the better off you are. Uh, CCT is also asking, can you give an update on the Will Smith video? So Will, so here's my take on Will Smith. I have a second leg to my effort here, right? So for those of you that don't know, Will Smith, who's one from West Philadelphia, born and raised. And so uh, I want him to come and speak at my school. But since I made a video said, like asking Will Smith to come to my school and I put it out on social, trying to get people to help me to get Will Smith at my school. Will Smith has been, because I follow him on Instagram, because I want to know what, what he's up to, so I know I need to make my next move. Um, he was like shooting a music video and then he was making a movie, I think. And then he like sang or performed at the World Cup and in Russia, I think, or something like that. So like he's been like doing okay. crazy big stuff and I'm just like, I just want to see on his Instagram that he's just chilling at home. And then it's like, I that's think he is now. Moment. His last post was him and his 
daughter, I believe. I think they, I thought said, they went like, to like France or something, and they were like all yeah. shopping there. I mean, he's famous. Like the like maybe they just go to France real fast. Like, like, we go to Old Navy together. <laughs> Target. <laughs> World travelers, we are. <laughs> I don't know what that was, but yeah. So I think that I think I think he's like chilling now, but we also need more people to like. I think it takes a lot, like a ton of attention. And so I think we just need more people to either DM on Instagram. He does not have a Twitter. So Twitter is not, it does make it difficult. I mean, his wife has a Twitter and that and and his kids, but his main thing is, is Instagram. So I think just reposting or posting a picture it, I, it needs to be individual posts it can't so be I have like another idea too where I think maybe people will have an opinion on this I think um we ask <laughs> folks cyber stalking Will Smith <laughs> it's all on there here's the proof right here right um I think getting a whole bunch of people to comment in his comment section at, like immediately after a video comes out and just yeah. tagging my scene video yeah. could work also. So I, I do have some some moves. So I'm going to let everyone know when that happens. Yeah. I just don't want to talk about it all the time because I feel like I'm going to start annoying people. Oh, sorry. I was supposed to oh, great. Um, just, oh, there you go. All right. Uh, Israel Garcia is asking, how much freedom do you have in your curriculum? I have, I have ultimate freedom. Um, one of the perks of teaching not only inner city, but teaching. So I teach in like, uh, I don't know where you're from, but I teach in like inner city Philadelphia, like in um, a difficult spot in Philadelphia. I'm glad my nose doesn't really work anymore because I can't smell the dog. I, you get to, you get away with a lot. And so the other thing is when I'm, since I'm teaching at the school that I teach at, we are given a lot of autonomy. So that's like, pretty much all the rules, all the curriculum. I can teach almost anything I want as long as it gets approved, right? So I just have to run it by my department head and she's really great and she's like gets excited about what you're doing and just wants what's best for the kids. And I think that that is like the number one thing you could ask from a department head. Um, So she goes along with all of my ideas. She proves conferences that I want to go to all the time and my reading list. I mean, she ordered me a fake knife and a fake beard so we could act out parts of the play mm-hmm. next year. And she was just like, so I remember sending it to her and I thought like, I don't know how this is going to go. And then I got to school one day and I was like, open up some boxes over the summer. And I was like, Oh, it's my beards and my <laughs> knife. Like how great are you that you like will buy that kind of crap for me. So I do have, I can do pretty much anything that I want. And in terms of independent reading books, I get money every year. That's pretty much the only thing I get money for every year. And then um, to add to my library, because we don't have a school library, I can I order anything that I want. I don't even have to get that, like, okayed. It's like if some book on John Gotti or NWA or Dr. Dre or marine biology – Anything I want to order, I just order and they okay it. Uh, Princess V is saying, have you or will you take any professional development courses this summer? If you have, please share what you've learned to help in the classroom. So I've done, so I went to the Ed by Ed conference, which was in somewhere in Manhattan. And then I went to the Hip Hop Ed conference, which was in Brooklyn. 
Brooklyn um, at Columbia University. I also spoke at the ISTE conference, which was a tech conference. Um, and then I'm going to another conference. If anyone's around, I'm going to this conference. It's got to be the only one. So I don't know what it's called, but it's at Princeton University, somewhere around like April 3rd or something like that. It's a two-day conference. And I'll be at that. And then my friend Alex Kajitani is speaking at a conference at some time in August. And I'm going to go to that also and like sell books for him, I think, again. So I have done a lot. I'm going to make a whole video out of that, though, because I've learned so much stuff. And I have just a lot of like fun, like websites and resources for teachers that should come out. I'm hoping in the next week and a half because people are getting ready to go back to school. And I want folks to have that resource. But it was it's tons and tons of cool stuff that I've been learning about this summer. So and teacher conferences are new for me. I didn't really appreciate them or like was ever interested in like I didn't go to a conference ever and now I am like slightly addicted partially because I always want to speak at them and I want to make connections but um I just love meeting people the only people that go to conferences I feel like in the summer are folks that are stoked about teaching and the more I can be around people that are excited about teaching the more I just want to be around people that are teaching um Cindy Morrow? Narrow? This. Lots Cindy of <laughs> said, my question, a big struggle for me as a science teacher is finding ways to keep the kids moving instead of lecturing. How do you keep the kids up and moving and entertained? Um, I think, what would, what, how would I answer that? Oh, don't, I don't put me on the spot for that one. I don't know. First of all, break class up into tiny intervals, right? Or manageable intervals. <laughs> like here's an activity. Um, I just thought you heard me say this before. Yeah. It, this activity is three minutes or 10 minutes or 15 or 20 or 30, whatever it is, the kids see the end point. They know, all right, it's 12 o'clock now. We have five minutes to do this. You have till 12.05 or yo, hurry up. We only have two minutes left. We had 15 minutes to do this. It gives them an out, right? It gives them an end point. And I like that. On my board, I've written all the things and tips. Sometimes I even write how much time those activities will take. So um, that is something that I do also so that they can see what's coming up next. And I just think that that makes kids feel better. Uh, I think... I will say I know one thing that you do. That? When you... Um, when it's particularly like not fun day i think you're like so say you have like a lecture that you have to do for yeah. students um there's no way of getting around it it's just a lecture i think you prep them and preface it by telling them like yeah look it's kind of boring but you got to just grind through it and like that you know yeah you feel like, like this is the rest a thing show. like like we have to take notes today and there's i can't make it any like a whole lot more fun um but sometimes i i can't like i'll do like the class like break for a second and listen to this sweet jam like last year there was i made a video about this i think where i put on um careless whisper by george michael and for some reason all these kids knew that song and they all started singing it in class and we just had like this three minute moment um of singing careless whisper and then we got back into the notes and so i think sometimes just breaking things up just helps um, and then I like just being silly or doing stuff or like stopping class and being like, let me just stop for a story about nothing. I'm going to tell you about my dog and I, 
and how we love each other or something like that. So I think that helps. And that doesn't sound super teachery because, and folks get annoyed when I make these videos. I've gotten some comments before where people are like, this isn't educational, but it doesn't always have to be educational. What you're doing is you're building in like, like some cheat time almost so that you can get more done in the time that you like actually when you really, really need them to work. There's a, a question on Instagram. I can't go back and find From it. Sarah? Yes. Oh, that, I already right. answered that question. Oh. Um, talk about something. Uh, I don't know what. How far out do I plan a uh, glittery autism teacher? That's a great name. Um, I plan... I know my whole year in the beginning of the year, um, I plan by the trimester. So we have trimesters. So like I plan that whole thing out and then I know like, so there's no surprises, but then I also am notorious for planning on the way to school. So that like 25, 30 minute drive that I have to school, depending on traffic, um, I might get inspired by a podcast I'm listening to or a song that I'm listening to or a movie that I saw last night or a commercial or something new that I've been reading about or a conversation that we had that morning. And I might just flip the whole script, um, which I do a lot, like, like at least twice a week where I'm just like inspired by something. Well, you know, one of the interesting things that we were talking about the other morning over coffee um, <laughs> was that you this question always comes to you. It seems like in every live feed that we do, or a lot, like, what do you do to prepare for the next school year? And I always find it really interesting that you don't do like a ton of like teacher preparation, but you're constantly listening to a podcast, like diving into something interesting books. Like you do a lot of self care kind of stuff. And I think that that digs up a lot of questions or ideas or thoughts and you pull a lot of lessons you connect them to your lessons and things like that yeah it seems like the stuff that you you do on the regular that's not necessarily like it's not teachery all the time but yet you still find a use for them that's always really i think it was interesting you brought up and i don't know that i like i think i probably knew this about myself but i never like stood back and, and like i never named it was you were saying how I watch when people ask like, what books am I reading this summer? Like, I think the, the question is around like teaching, like what are, what teacher books are you reading this summer? Yeah. And I find that I can read, uh, and you pointed this out, like I'll read books about, uh, you know, 10 different things that have zero seemingly to do with teaching, yeah, but that's I what pull I'm saying. lessons that's out. What I'm saying. That's or what I'm so I've say. been reading, um, and this was, so I listened to a Tim Ferriss podcast a while ago and <laughs> Terry Crews was on the actor whom I've zero, like up until then, I couldn't tell you one movie that that guy was in or a commercial or any, I don't, didn't know anything about him. Um, and I thought he was so fascinating that I bought his book and then my students were really stoked about the book, but they, so I've been reading his book this summer is one of the things I've been reading and the, it's been really interesting to like I've got a lot of ideas for like lessons for school out of reading that book which is not a book about being a teacher um Jane Register is saying how can a student prepare for a new school year with their teachers particularly teachers that don't seem to care so wow Jane you know 
That's a tough one. Do I want to talk about, let's talk, let me not, I'm not going to name the situation, but let, uh, let's go around it like this, right? <laughs> oh, man, I'm trying to figure out, you know what I'm going to talk about? I think I do. They didn't go for it. All right. <laughs> do you want to whisper it? <laughs> I don't want to put anyone on blast is what I'm trying not to do. What I've noticed in the past, though, is that I've, I have been in contact with a lot of uninspired teachers, right? Just through, through dealing with this, right, with YouTube and Instagram and all that. I see a lot of uninspired teachers, people that are, like, mailing it in, that aren't excited. Um, and it is, it is so difficult for me to watch because I just think, like, why are you doing the job if you don't like it, right? And so, and that's not for me to judge. There could be legitimate reasons. Maybe they're sick. Maybe they're tired. Maybe their school is like, like crushed their their joy. I just, I think positivity. And this sounds woo woo and hippy dippy, but like, you I always use that. I know because <laughs> because because th- talking like this, you know, throws yeah, people off sometimes. I really think that positivity breeds positivity. I think if you as a student go into a class and are excited every day, that teacher has no, like, you can't expect them to like, you go in and you're super pumped for class. You read the book, you're ready to go. Um, that teacher might not be won over right away. Not maybe not even in the first six months. Right. But like, eventually you can, kids are the same way. Like if I'm stoked to be in school, I can wear down almost any kid eventually to like, be somewhat excited to hate my class at least less than they hate all the other classes. And so I think that's what you do. You get your mindset on, you envision what you want that day to look like, and then you execute. And part of that might be just saying something nice to the teacher, like, hey, look, thanks a lot for all that you do for us. Um, You know, I thought that lesson was great today. I really appreciate the fact that you said this. I thought that was really interesting. Or, hey, could you tell me where I could learn more about this one thing that you mentioned that I thought was kind of dope? Like saying things like that to teachers, you're you're talking about a job that is like so unbelievably thankless, um, especially because you deal with young people and they just don't know. I just don't think it's like they're pre-programmed to like not really like school. So I don't get like, you know, Actually, I do get a lot of compliments, so I don't want to say I don't. I don't. I don't want to be like sell myself short. Um, but I just think I know if if I can see in a kid that they're enjoying something, or if they go, "Yo, Reynolds, your class is the best." Like that really makes me want to come in and give it my all even more. And I don't think I need that, but damn it, it feels good to know that like someone really likes what you're doing, and. I I think the other thing you could do is I think, and I've talked about this a lot recently, email some of your teachers. Like, even if you don't know who they are yet, once you get your schedule, just shooting them an email saying like, Hey, look, I'm looking forward to school this year. But like, these are ways that I learn. These are ways that I grow. This is ways that like, I think that's um, also a really good tip. If you have a young child in elementary age child, like elementary school and they have a parent, well, and they have like learning differences. Um, Great work. They, yeah. I, I'm on a Facebook group for um, dyslexic parents and whatnot. And so one of them were saying that they actually like no, parents with dyslexic kids, not dyslexic yes. Parents. I mean, both they both. It's hereditary, okay. so you know. Um, <laughs> and so they write a letter to 
to the teacher and they said that it gets a really good response and every teacher really loves it. And, and they actually wish all kids would kind of do yeah. that or parents would do that for them. So I love that at back to school night, like when parents come up and they're like, look, this is how my son is. Or they, the biggest thing I get every year is you have to know <laughs> my son hates reading. Awesome. Bring it. I hated reading when I was in high school also. So we have that. And Most kids. Tim Tran. Oh, I used to have, I had two students with the last name Tran. Uh, so does your school have career fairs? So we do, that's a great question. We do this really awesome thing, I think, um, called career day, where they bring in um, different people to talk about different stuff, right? So we might have like the editor in chief of like Philadelphia magazine or someone from a local newspaper um, or, or radio station or small business owners, people that are doing interesting stuff to just come in and talk about what they're doing online or what they're doing in their career, how they got there, tell a little bit of their story. And they try to get this really wide ranging group of folks. And it's fascinating. I just spit uh, every year. I also try to have speakers come into my classroom and speak to my students throughout the year. One of the things that I think really important looks like you or that you can see yourself in, right? Doesn't mean that they have to be exactly the same race or sex or something like that. But someone that looks like you or you can see yourself in being what you want to be or exhibiting traits you want to exhibit, there's real power in that. And so last year I made this really conscious effort to have kid like to have folks come in and share with my students like what they what they do everyone from djs to comic book artists to like small business owners and to speak with my kids and talk to them about what they do and what their story was and how the kids could do something like that also uh and this year i'm hoping to do that as well but i'm hoping to have more women i had very few i think i like one woman come in and speak last year. But, and so I have like a, there's a push to do that this year also. Was this a question? Yes. Uh, Lizzie Blair Finley. That is a great name. That sounds like a name from a book. Uh, can you talk more about how you teach vocabulary? I will say Somebody that else asked the same. I, that is my weakest area. And I think because you need a pretty vocab board. I do. I have this blank <laughs> bulletin board in the front of my room. That's what we're going to work on. This vocabulary has been weak because I've had in something like in the last three years, I've had something like six co-teachers. Um, some of those have lasted a few days, some of them a few months, some of them a year. And that has always been their like assignment to start the year with. And it's just been mostly a struggle, like for someone to figure that out. I did teach with this woman, Leo, a few years ago, and she had a really great way of doing it, but I was too busy like managing the class while she was teaching the content. Um, but largely I, I find that fewer words are better than more words, right? So I'm, I, my, I think teachers overcomplicate things for themselves all the time. Maybe this is the bigger conversation. I think then learning how to use those words, actually internalizing them um, helps. So if I have five words a week 
and I have, a t- you know, the kids get the words on Monday, there's a test on Friday. And then the next week you have 10 words, you have the five old words and the five new words. And that test goes on and on. Wait, so like the third week you have 15 words. And then For it goes, the whole school year? What the hell? How do you- no, no, no. That, it goes up to about 20 and then it- You reset? And then I reset. Yeah. Okay. So, because I figure by then, like, we're we're on the move. Um, the boy is creeping behind us. So, they, so that is part of how I do it. And I really want the kids to know how to use the words. So, like, I have them use it when they write their journals, or I have them use words when we're writing, like, answers in class, or I use the words a lot. And so, I, that's part of what I, what I do. Um, but I don't, that is actually one of the things I've been thinking about the most this summer is, like, a better vocab like system plan because it's not very good someone's blowing whistle outside of our house which is weird it's like this weird guy that rides his bike around town everyone calls him google um yeah so i'm sorry i don't have a really good answer for that i'm trying to think if anybody does have a good answer help them out in the comments section yeah uh niz art is saying i just i don't know why i said it like that like it was confusing because it wasn't um do you have any experience with project-based learning and, or something similar? What are some of your most favorite and successful lessons? So I think off the top of my head, I love project-based learning. I love anything that studies show that, that boys in particular, and since I teach all boys, that's where a lot of my, my learning goes. Boys learn better when they're up and about and working and moving things. And so I, I, don't, I don't want to completely stereotype boys like that because I think everyone's different, but in my experience, like, hey, there goes a kid, no shirt on, um, and a savage tan. They, I have done things like in the beginning of the year, my life odyssey project, I just think is awesome. They, where I talk to the kids about between birth and now, What are the 10 events at least that have created the person that you are now? Like what things have you gone through? Have you dealt with? Have you overcome? Um, have you not overcome that have created the person you are now? And that project is awesome. It has the kids thinking back about their lives, connecting it with the Odyssey because we're talking about like all the events that made Odysseus who he was by the end of the book. Um, we, I learn a lot about the kids. The kids learn a lot about me because I do the project also. And then last year, one of the things I thought was fun was also instead of just doing um, like uh, character description, I started doing having the students like make the characters out of different stuff. So like they might draw, they might make characters out of clay. So when we did, um, I did a whole video about this where we did, Lord of the Flies, and they had to make two characters from Lord of the Flies, but like Piggy had to look like Piggy. He had to have the glasses. He had to have um, some kids made him with an inhaler. Some kids made the beast. Some kids made Ralph or, um, and they had Ralph with like his fair hair and he was like more built. They Or they would make Jack with like all the stuff, kind of like his, the things that he adorns himself with during the book so they can change his his what he looks like. So that was really a really fun way. And it wasn't difficult. I just went to the art department. I said, Hey, can I get a little bit of clay? They gave me this giant bag of clay. And that's what I made. And then we fired all of them. And then some of the kids painted them. And so I think just doing stuff like that, 
um, having kids write on your windows with window markers, having kids do wacky stuff. Yo, Peace Love Park, what's up, buddy? Um, just kind of thinking outside of the box for even just little parts of class. It doesn't have to be the whole class. And I think that's where people go wrong is they think a project has to be a week long, has to be super big, has to be cumulative, has to be um, take up the whole class. And it can just be like 10 minutes. Like, yo, here's some, uh, here's some, I'm, what are those things called? Pipe cleaners or popsicle sticks. Or we did like a real quick one day Auschwitz blueprint where it's like we read night. I want you to have an idea of like what the concentration camp looks like. So you're going to look it up online or however, and then you're going to read things from the book and you're going to figure out like, okay, um, Ellie was brought in here. This is where they went next. And then you can kind of map the story out. That just worked really well. And it didn't, it didn't take a ton of time to do it. I think kids would rather have more little intervals of things than a big giant, like, project i think that that works better for kids it's just less being overwhelming like yeah and it gives you little well and it holds their attention better because i think just look at like nowadays we're like kids so attentions you can is constantly changing and evolving so fast i think that why wouldn't i just think it works better well you know what i don't the have other thing is like an intelligent explanation. Kids don't necessarily like working together. They don't like group work in my, like most kids. It's awkward, especially in ninth grade. They don't know anybody. But to give them like little bits of that, it's like rigging it so you can win. Yeah. It's like when, when we go to the gym and I always, go, you're like, that's it, we're leaving? Yeah, I don't do a lot because I'd rather build momentum and go back every day instead of just like killing yes. myself every day. Um, and then I can't walk up the steps the next day. I can't uh, myself and never go back. Yeah. See, well, now that we go together, I make you leave one time. So Senior S is asking, what's one of the biggest goals for the upcoming school year? Oh, what's one of the biggest school year? I, last year, <laughs> I, so last year I made a video. And I've talked about this at length. So, but, so here's my, a little bit different take. I'm not talking about exactly the same thing again. I put a lot of, um, kind of all my eggs in one basket, right? I had this idea of what my year was going to be. And when that didn't work, I was literally crushed. Like I was depressed last year because it did not work out. This year I'm going in with no expectations. And I mean that in the best possible way because then it can only be an upside. And I'm going in wanting to build relationships with other teachers on a deeper and more meaningful level than I ever have before. And what I think that does is it creates a culture in which working in that, in that sort of culture and that sort of climate is enjoyable. Like you show up to work every day and you see people and they're talking and they're hanging out. And like, that is super fun. That is exciting to show up to every day. Like you're seeing your friends or seeing people you want to be around and we have a bad day of someone to go to. And then I want to take more trips. So my, my trip abroad got shot down this year um, from administration, but I want to do more trips and I want to do more, have more people come in because I think what is being in this room of folks, like you don't know what's going to happen from week to week. Like Reynolds's class is a mystery and there's like, might be someone coming in to talk, might be someone um, a fun trip or an activity or, and I love that idea of like, just don't know what's next. That is super fun to me. And I, I love that. 
Uh, we're almost at an hour here, dude. Uh, Israel Garcia is asking, trying to pick up. I'm looking at that one, and Instagram is going to kick us off in a minute, but we'll keep going on YouTube. Uh, Israel Garcia is saying, trying to pick up a few interesting. Can't you just go back? Pick up an interesting book. What is one of your book recommendations? Not school related, just a good fiction book. Uh, good fiction book that I've read. Oh man, you shall know our velocity is one of my, is one of the best books ever. Um, and then. What's another? I'm trying to think of like another good. What do I playing around? Fiction book. Uh, do this. What? Who was that? Israel Garcia. If you email me at realrap with the Reynolds, it has the in it. Realrap with the Reynolds at gmail.com. Email me. Remind me that you're on the live feed, and I'm going to send you um, a book that I think you should just read. That's that's how we're going to handle that. Um, Amanda Teaches is saying, teaching ASB slash learning next year. Ask the boys what activities they wanted. They said skateboarding and sleeping. Can't do skateboarding, liability. More tips for school functions for at-risk boys. So, man, that's a great Why question. Why does it just end? Um, I don't know. Say so hate us. Sure. Yeah. Here it is. Now we don't have to look at two places at one time, though. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think, right, so I've gotten the same answer from my students as well, where it's like, um, and I kind of wish I could help out with that, right? But what maybe you can do is something like, I'm trying to think of something cool. I would do... Here, here's here's what I would do. I would go on Instagram and I would look up folks in your area, which you can figure out if watch Gary Vee. He'll tell you how to like look up like your specific area. Hashtag skateboarding, whatever it is. Maybe have someone. Maybe there's like a semi-professional skateboarder, or um, if there's a skateboarding shop or like a BMX shop in your neighborhood that like some small business owner owns that, and they could come in and talk to your kids about how to take this passion for skateboarding and how they developed it into a business. Or um, I'm just thinking of things that pop out are like when you go to Vans and they try and make you buy one of those totes all the time. They're like, hey, do you want kids with autism to learn how to skateboard? Bro, what am I going to do? Say no to that? Like maybe you find someone that's in that industry that's teaching kids how to skateboard that have special needs or something along those lines and having them come in and talk with your class, right? So you're meeting that need on a level but it's like just the way that you can do it. Um, last year, I reached out to my, I'm going to call my friend now, Mac Primo. Mac Primo makes these skateboards. It's called a bucket board. And so it's a skateboard, right? And then it's made out of a five-gallon bucket. I haven't done anything with this one yet. But it's made of um, like those buckets that get spackle in and stuff. And he made a whole thing out of this. Maybe you can watch the video. It's online. Just look up bucket boards. And it's a really great video. His editing is on point. He talks about where he came up with the idea. And maybe turn that into a lesson. I think the other thing that I would do is like uh, try to bring in folks that are interesting or do stuff that's interesting and then pull the students afterwards. Did you like this? Well, what else could we do along these lines? So what you're doing is you are creating the inspiration for your students because when they think of school, 
they're thinking of it in one particular way. But if you can start taking a cool trip, having someone come in, do a cool activity, that's not something that they said they want to do. But then it goes, they start thinking like, oh yeah, that's actually a good idea. Like we should, like, what about if we did that? Like if we went to that one class trip, why couldn't we do this other thing too? Or um, I, I just think that you're you're creating, you're building the buzz that that lights their fire, and then they start thinking of cool stuff too. And don't be thrown off when not everybody likes something. They're not all going to like it, right? You're, or you're going to have some kids that like the front is so hard that they're just not going to even let you know that they kind of sort of maybe a little bit like your class. So don't be pushed off by that either. What you're looking for is the tipping point. You're sorry. You're looking for the uh, the majority of the class to to know that you're winning. Uh, Tracy Pinter, my girl, is saying, just curious, have you seen the new Mr. Rogers documentary? How do you think this generation, uh, the first to grow up without Mr. Rogers, is affected socially, emotionally, and educationally? So I did. I did watch it. Um, I am a very long-time Mr. Rogers fan, and I love that Mr. Rogers is, like, getting back into the spotlight again. Um, I cried probably five times or like profu- like ran out of not, I mean, during that it was so moving um i think it's not so much the lack of mr rogers because mr rogers like affected a lot of people it's what are they all doing with what they learned right and then who's the next person or the next people that are going to show up and do something with that and so uh, I talk about Mr. Rogers a lot. I reference him a lot, quote him a lot, just because I think he's like such an amazing, amazing person. And so I'm glad that like somebody found interest, someone with some influence that was able to get this out to the masses, I think is really fascinating. And so apparently they're doing a new movie with um, Tom Hanks who's going to play Mr. Rogers also. So I'm interested to see how that goes down as well. Into the part where it says... What do you think about the generation that, that grows up without Mr. Rogers is affected socially, emotionally, educationally? Well, you know, I think it's not talked about enough. I think, go ahead. I think there's so yeah, much girl. importance that's placed on like the curriculum and reading and writing and math and all this stuff, even from kindergarten. When our kids started school and, and they started like preschool and kindergarten, I was appalled at the the importance that is put just on ABCs and one, two, threes and not enough sharing, caring and social emotional learning communication between the kids. Like there, there's not, there's just none of that. Um, and I think that that's really damaging. And I think that that's part of what's wrong with, I think it's part of what's wrong with a lot of people and things. And it's that, that care and that sort of like knowing yourself and knowing how you work and how to communicate, that's not just like innately in us. We have to learn those. Those are skills to be learned and, and to teach kids. And I don't know if it's being taught at home. I feel well, like, a lot of I feel like Diary of a, of a Mad Black Teacher always talks about this because she's always says like, I can't be the parent also, like, and the teacher. And I, unfortunately, I do kind of think that that's your, a bit of your responsibility now as an educator. My, my take on her though, is that she sees the need. 
it's just overwhelming. And oh, she talks sure. about how she does it, she right? She's like it. trying to love the kids. Yeah, but it's it overwhelming because I it think is overwhelming. The, the, the responsibility um, has now shifted, it seems like, from parents to teachers. Yes. In a lot of ways. And I and not all and teachers even feel prepared to talk about absolutely. that because they have not been taught how to do that absolutely. in college either. And so then what do we do with that? And I think we rally around one another. We, as the teaching community, just make the decision that it's going to be important. That if it's not in your curriculum or you're not supposed to talk about it, you make it a point anyway because it's for the kids. And then you as a teaching community in your school figure out ways that you can do that. How can we teach kindness and empathy and care? How can we teach kids to do what with, as Mr. Rogers says, what do you do with the mad that you feel? Um, when you feel so mad, you could bite. Like, what do you do with those kids so that they're not just losing their shit in class or throwing things or yelling at one another? And, and the hard thing is, someone is it else? takes a lot of time. It does. And I'll say that even, like, as a parent. It's like, good gosh, like, we spend an exuberant amount of time on that. But when people tell us that our kids are good, I don't just go, I just think in the back of my head, like, damn right is what I think. Because... I, we I made, <laughs> because we made the decision, right? To like, I mean, this is like yes. self-gratifying, but whatever. You know, when your kids are little, you can you can raise your kids from the couch and be like, get in here. Don't do that. Stop doing that. Get over here. With or, you know, one, but the higher, the better is to get up off your ass to go handle the situation, right? That if your kid doesn't want, if you have them in timeout and they keep getting up, they just keep putting them in timeout over and over and over again. Not in a mad way, not in freaking out mode, but like it's keeping your cool and constantly like, um, I think Terry Crews said this recently where it was like, if you ask your kids what discipline is, right? Most kids think that that means punishment, it means getting smacked, it means getting um, sent to your room or whatever. Discipline actually means training. And so what you're doing is you're training your children, you're training your students how to deal with certain situations. We don't take enough time for that in schools. Um, and I think that that is the downfall. It's hard, and it's but I get that it's hard for teachers, for sure. especially some that have like major, like you have a lot of flexibility. And I, I see like at our own kids' school, like there's not a lot of flexibility. There's none, and so I can imagine how difficult that is. For but that's teachers. where it takes a creative but, piece to start figuring out, even in yeah. my set scripted curriculum. How can I infuse this with some things? How can I teach? How can I? I think it's even more important to do that when you're in that scenario. Yeah, because how can you Absolutely. be the example of what that is? How do you work that in? And I just think you just figure it out um, and do that with other teachers because maybe that's not innately who you are, but like working with other teachers, you can figure out like um, what like yeah. some – like somebody else might have some ideas that inspire you and you. Or I think that just you need to work as a community of like your grade level team. Like if you could all get on that, like all. Yeah. And that's what we do at our school and it works out great. And it's not everyone, not everyone's jam is to do that. Like, but the majority of our ninth grade team has always been a group that has deeply cared about the children. And some people just don't do that. Like, inner work like that it's icky to them and that's okay if it's not your jam i get it i don't think it's a good move like i think you should 
get over that stuff, but like, we'll, we'll carry the torch. Like you're just not one of the people that's going to be able to get down with that. Wait, I just want to say that we're never going to be able to get through all these questions. It would be a two hour live okay. feed. So, so I also mean, talk too long. Well, and you put me on here. And so I talk extra too. No, I'm just not. Uh, all right. Do you want to do the last one? Yeah. Okay. Last one. So Indy Kitty is saying, I saw a second, and don't, I want to give away a book real quick, even though there's, oh, I so let's do that. I have an idea. Um, I saw a second grade report card of mine. LOL. Very smart, but doesn't pay attention. ADHD, anyone. Oh, I thought that was a question. Oh, so let's talk about this. Let's talk about this real quick. Let's talk about the fact that daydreaming is awesome. And kids should have room to daydream. Let's talk about the fact that like not all students are the same. And ADHD kids, they just need a little bit more room to be able to pay attention and, or someone to like help them navigate through those feelings. Because not everyone wants their kids on medication. And some kids need to know that like I had, I had a student last year. Then this doesn't put anyone out there. Like I don't feel like I'm giving away anything. No one knows what I'm talking about student that became that did not feel good on the medication that he was on and he had no idea that there were other medications out there that well, he like just wasn't telling his parent he wasn't and communicating he wasn't this. saying that like so he wouldn't take the medicine because he didn't like the way that it felt and so oh, he, came I thought he was the, taking it was like no, no, no 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 that was that was a different scenario um but like this year one of my things is like to have like manipulatives in my class for things for kids to do to like that are feeling like they can't just be caged in for 50 minutes because it's too much. Um, I, you know, here's the thing. School's never going to be perfect, right? And it's like people can talk about how school used to be the greatest. Like Billy Joel says, the good old days weren't always good. Um, and like, but we can figure out ways together, especially on platforms like this, to make the best out of it and to make it something that's as great as it could possibly be and not get so stuck on perfection all the time. So here's what I want to do. I want to give away my friend Randy's book as the beginning of the school year is coming up um, called When the Shot Drops. You can find it on Amazon. And so all I want you to do is just leave a comment below. I'm not going to make you jump through hoops for this and stuff like that. Leave a comment below letting me know that you would like the book. And I'm going to have Brody and Marley pick somebody out um that i can send that book off to so then you, know you don't see automated like there's an app to do that or something like yeah, that but i don't even know how to do that and i it's isn't it a little bit it's like too much when folks are like i want you to go on and like my facebook page and then like four pictures on my instagram account and then i want you to go it's like dude just leave a comment and i would love because I, I i just want to give you a book um and i think that this book is great and i love my friend randy and i want to support him so i'll hand oh, it out and real fast do that Oh, really? You always add another one. I know. But it is my buddy, Mr. Matera. Uh, hey, could you give a quick shout out to hivesummit.org, um, a free digital conference starting August 1st, free and powerful, powerful PD. PD. Um, so, so summit.org. I don't even know what that is, but I like Mr. Matera. He wrote a really great book. He's a trusted source. He's a trusted yeah. source. Um, and so go check that out if you're looking for like free PDs because PDs are a lot of money all the time. Anything else? Nope. All right, buddy. Hey, we did it. We did our first live feed together. <laughs> I just sat here and looked at the phone. I'm, I'm going back to the We like high-fiving a lot. Um, <laughs>
Don't we? I feel like we high five a lot at the gym. And that's it for this week, gang. Look, if you ever want to have your question answered on Sunday Night Teacher Talk, all you have to do is show up at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on my YouTube channel, Real Rap with Reynolds, and I'd be happy to answer any question that you put out there. Nothing is off the table. Thanks so much for your support. We really, really appreciate it. And I hope you have a great week. Peace.